Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vance, and uh, this is thank you for tuning in for another episode. Appreciate the, the attention. Now, this one is a special fun one here. This I have Mike Russell back on the podcast once again from Appalachian Chase. And so we're going to be discussing some, some improvements and stuff that's been going on. And as you can see in my, my new camera, I have a big old uh, three by six banner. So that's going to be nice and pretty. You'll, you'll be seeing that more frequently out at the HHA shoots and anything I do out in the public, whether it be S3 yet or S3DA or any other events that I, I happen to attend this, this upcoming year. So this is going to be a fun, exciting year. Now, what makes this the special is that when Mike was on the last time on the podcast, he actually changed the algorithm for my podcast. I normally I'd be hitting anywhere between two to 300 listens. And then with his, appearance on the podcast it set me up over a thousand almost just over 800 right now for listens and downloads stream for his episode alone but because of that success everything else has gone upwards from there which has been a fantastic thing so i owe a, a, a appreciation for mike for like for some reason the listeners really are attracted to him and then everything just kind of went from there so it's been really awesome like it's like you have set that currently have the highest amount of downloads and listens that I have on any of my episodes right now, which is pretty remarkable. It's like, that's pretty freaking sweet, man. So how you been, Mike? I have, uh, I've been good. I, um, had a successful end of my season here in Ohio to my bow season. Um, it was extremely hard. Ohio has a, actually has a really long bow season. Ours runs from September. Um, Clear into oh, the wow. first week of February, so um, we don't okay. we don't have as many gun seasons as um, a lot of states have. Uh, we have a week long gun season. Um, it's a shotgun straight wall cartridge season. Um, we have a four day muzzleloader, and then there's also a weekend hunt, which would be just for your shotguns and your okay. uh, straight wall cartridges. So um, we don't we don't have as many gun seasons, but um, we do have a super long bow season, which um, I'm obviously I'm a big bow hunter, so I try to take advantage of uh, every every chance I can in the woods. And um, never did I hunt clear into January before chasing deer, but um, things ended up working out. I had a deer that wanted to cooperate, and um, I ended up killing him there at the end of January. So overall, I had a really good year. Now, was this your target buck? Because I know back in late midsummer when we first came on and talked about it, you had a couple targets you wanted to get after. Yeah, so um, my main target buck, who I have, I had four years. Of, this year is my fourth year of history with him. He um, he actually got killed on the neighbors. I scored close to one seventy. Um, oh wow! That was that was my main deer that I was after. And as crazy as it is, I I, I never got a picture of him the whole year. I knew he was there. I had him in the summer. Okay. Um, as far as when the actual season came in. Um, I never got a picture of him the whole year. Then he ended up getting killed on the neighbor. So 
Um, I estimate him to be around eight years old. And, man, um, they say the older a deer gets, the more their home range shrinks. And, you know, this deer, like I said, I think he was eight years old. And his home range just went to absolutely nothing. He was about a 10-acre piece. And um, congratulations to the guy that killed him. I know him. Uh, he's a really good person. Um, but the odds were against me, like I said, is when his home range shrank down, um, the odds were against me and I wasn't able to get in there close to him, but, um, it worked out. I actually, I mean, I ended up getting permission to hunt another farm and me and my little boy had went in and we had, we're actually scouting this farm to try to get closer to the deer that I speak of that had got shot, my main target buck. And I ended up finding, um, the deer I shot this year, I ended up learning a lot about him on this farm and um i found another really good one for for next year so it, it all worked out um obviously we don't own these deer they go from property to property and you know things happen that is so true i had a buddy of mine uh my roommate he shot a doe this year and he shot it in a, we were on uh, public and it jumped to private and stuff like that but we we had no solid trail bloodline to follow so mm -hmm. yeah i think he shot him far shot her far back so she went to the coyotes which is all right i ended up shooting a doe only one doe this year but it was still a lot of fun it was probably one of my most interactive years next besides last year but this year was like i saw a lot more bucks than i than i ever had in this in the past like one day i had eight bucks pass through me and or pass around me all around me and i was just in uh my um just a makeshift tree stand type scenario which is like kind of like a couple of boards in there and i had um a couple of those i watched them wake up that morning and i saw six uh six bucks a friend of mine saw another buck but then what really what put really put the icing on the cake was that i had this monster i i swear at least 160 170 and you could tell he was definitely an older buck because what it, what it, he ended up doing is when I run, I, when I, I bleeded him in, oddly enough, in the first week of uh, December there, week, first weekend. And I knew which way he was coming from, but I wasn't quite sure where he was going to come at between them. Because I'm only off the, the – the, I'm only down – like I was – I've kind of – let's see, I hunted about 30 yards in and about 20 feet up. And so it's like it's kind of tough to figure out where he's going to go because it was like I was paying – I was pattering him to come down about uh, 30 yards further to my left than I expected. Well, he ended up coming up to up behind me off to my right. And when I watched him come through and watched him go down underneath this brush, it was just remarkable. And it's like, he came in my right side and it's like uh, with the right-handed bow hunter, you, you, it just doesn't work that way. It's like almost kind of wish I had one of those um, uh, gearhead bows where it gets, where it's pretty much practically ambidextrous, but I, it, it was the only way I'd be able to do it. And uh, I tried getting him to stop. And as I'm, as I'm trying to turn around, something like that, the unique thing, what I learned from him is that, he did not he didn't, uh, wheeze at me. He didn't run off. He didn't stop. He just knew that. So I think he's been shot at once before, but he knew that if, based off of my positioning, he knew it was like, I'm fine. He just kept on walking. That's it. It was like, that was crazy. And then a few months earlier than that, uh, back in, I think it was October, I, I had a little basket six. We were, my buddy and I were sitting on two different pieces of the property there over here in, the, in Wisconsin. And he says, like, I see something, but he was like almost like 400 yards away. But he just happened to be glad because, well, I mean, he was bored. So he was just taking his rangefinder. And he says, like, hey, something's moving towards you. And sure enough, I had this little basket six. And that 50 minutes was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, because he came down on this fence line. And I was I mean, a ghost blind up against this big oak tree 
watched him walk on down. I heard him too. I just kind of remained still and thought I had this protection of this unique um, bush. But he, 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 when he came around the bush, he saw himself in the mirror because he used the ghost blinds. And that's where, that's where the fun began. It's like uh, it was over 50 minutes. But what was the most astounding thing is that he walked behind me. Then once he got completely out of sight, I mean, then he comes back around again because it's like, well, I don't see him because the, I did a pretty good job of profiling myself behind the, the oak tree. So this way, if they do come around, I have an opportunity to shoot. But uh, he came in on my wrong side. He came on my right side, so on my left. So it's like, you got that. Uh, what ended up happening, though, is like when he finally, after he came around and came back around again to the front of me, uh, he decided to hop the fence. That's why he just, like, about 30 yards, you could just hear him wheezing all the way down, just, just constantly just blowing air. Then not even five minutes later, he shows it 50 yards out. Comes across the fence, and we the, the staring contest comes again. He, he's like, he's like, you're still there. It's like, what's going on here? And I, you watch him creep back and forth. And I basically had to sit there until nightfall for him to get back on in there. Never saw him again, but uh, it's tough to say if he, if he, I haven't seen him on any of my cameras, so I don't know if he survived gun season or not. But that was a fun experience, man. No, so tell me about your your late season buck here, man. Yes, yeah, so this is a deer. Um... I started getting pictures of him last year and um, estimated him to be four and a half years old at the time. Uh, he was about 100 and 130 inches. Um, I had split brow tines on one side. He had um, <clears throat> splits on the other side. He actually had three different uh, splits on that side. Um, I knew that he had potential to turn into something. And my main goal when I had him on camera last year was just maybe more or less to try to keep him alive. Um, he was running across on the some other farms that, that were being hunted. Um, I actually had one person that was hunting on a neighbor that was sending me pictures of him. So um, he had been taking his little boy out and I would have been, I would have been fine and happy if his little boy would have shot that deer, but he ended up, uh, he ended up making it. Um, through last year, uh, he showed up on my cameras this year in uh, July and was hitting my mineral sites. Um, so I, I, he's a deer that, spends a lot of time on my, the farm that I hunt on. And, um, as I mentioned that I had a different target buck, so I didn't really, I wasn't directing all my time to him this year. And, um, once, uh, once my target buck got killed, my, my views sort of changed, but, um, as far as, you know, what deer I was after, but the, the crazy thing is, you know, when I was trying to find uh, my target buck, um, me and my little boy, he's three years old. I take him with me into the woods all the time, just try to teach him what I can um, or what his mind's willing to absorb. Um, but as I mentioned, I got I got permission to hunt this new farm, which was closer to where I knew my I knew where my target buck was at at the time. So I tried as close as I could to him, and more or less it had gotten back to me where he was on camera at. So I was just trying to do everything I could to get as close to where I could to to try to get him, but um. Anyhow, I ended up sticking some cameras up on this new farm. There, there was a lot of scrapes on it, um, a lot of fresh scrapes. So I stuck some cameras up on it. And um, one of the first deer that shows up is the deer that I shot this year. It's a deer I call Superstar. And uh, he was he was on there daylight. And that, that was one of the things that I've, I've had this deer for the past two years, but the daylight pictures were minimal. Um, I, I knew that obviously he was frequenting that farm but I didn't feel that he was living on it kind of thing. Um, I'd get a handful of daylight pictures of him and that would be about 
that'd be about it. Mainly I got him in the evenings, you know, from when it was dark and I just, I felt like he was living somewhere else. So um, when I went to scout for my target buck, I actually ended up finding the farm that this deer I call superstar was living on, um, stuck these cameras on scrapes and bam, I, I got him right away. So, um, I actually, I went to hunting one morning down in this bottom I went to hunt. I had a new deer show up. It was November 11th and I had a 160 inch deer show up. He had uh, double splits on his G2s and he was in there daylight and I had pictures of him. I, my thought was he was just in there looking for does. The farm that I hunt holds a lot of does. Um, so I ended up hunting that deer. That deer showed up on November 9th. So I hunted that deer November 10th and then the morning of November 11th I was hunting and I no longer got in the stand. I was covered up in deer and it was probably a half hour after daylight and I look up the holler and I can see a really good deer coming at me. Um, I could tell he had real good G2s and he came up the creek. There was a couple of does in there. He nudged him and he came around to my left at 17 yards. And I was sitting there looking at him. I thought, which it was the deer I call superstar. And he ended up being in the mid fifties. And I thought to myself, you know, at this point in time, I knew that my target buck was still alive. I, I had this other deer that had showed up that was in the sixties, had split G twos. And I knew that he was on his feet in daylight. And I thought, man, this is, this is hard, but I'm, I'm going to let that deer walk. I just feel like maybe I can cross paths with him farther down the road. If I don't end up stealing the deal on these other two deer. Um, so my target buck gets killed, ends up getting killed a couple of days later. But as, um, as I sit there and this deer walks away, he gets to like 50 yards. And I told myself, I said, you just made a mistake. And he's not, he's just walking. There's some does in the area. He was, he checked those does and he was just getting by the creek. And I told myself again, I said, you just made a mistake. I was like, I got to get that deer back here. I have to shoot that deer. Like, if if I don't shoot that deer, like, somebody else is going to kill that deer. That's a really good deer. And I grabbed my grunt tube, and I grunted at him, and he stopped. And he looked back, and I could tell that he just knew that maybe something wasn't right. Because he looked, he gave, he gave a look back for probably 10 seconds, and then away from me he went. And I thought to myself, What'd you do that for? And then, as I mentioned, two days later, my target buck got killed. And I was and then I was really, then I was really beating myself up. I was like, "You man, you made a really big mistake there." Um, so I I reverted to this farm where I had superstar daylight on the scrapes, and I had him um, I had him walking through some transition zones daylight. I could just tell that he was comfortable in there. And the thing with that particular farm is Ohio is a baiting state. And every farm has corn piles on it. I mean, everybody baits deer. If you don't bait deer, you can't keep them on your farm. Then they're, they're wherever, whoever is baiting, that's where they're going to be. Well, this particular farm that I was getting the daylight pictures of, nobody was hunting it and there was no bait sites on it. And it was to see these deer walk across this farm versus other farms, knowing that there was no corn, no bait sites. Um, they didn't feel any pressure. It was just, as a bow hunter, it was just, it was so cool to see these deer actually be deer because 
the amount of people baiting in Ohio is is insane. So it's the effect that baiting has had on deer movement is I, I can't even put into words. Deer movement in Ohio is based off of corn piles. I mean, that's the gist of it. And every deer that comes into a corn pile, um, they're scared to death. I mean, that's that's just that's the gist of it. These deer come in and they are scared to death. They they, they understand what what the heck's going on. And you know, I hunted that farm. I was hunting scrapes, and these deer were coming right by me. They they didn't have a worry in the world. And I was down in this bottom hunting where I had superstar on a scrape. And this would have been probably the, toward the last week of November, I want to say. And about an hour before dark, and I see a really good deer coming out of the holler into this bottom. And uh, I immediately knew who it was. I knew it was superstar. So. I got my bow ready and he gets in there's this little field down this bottom and I had my stand in this small patch of trees and he comes into this field and I thought he's going to come right by me I'm going to shoot him at 15 steps and he came into the field and he got about 80 yards away and he stopped like like he's seen a ghost I'm like man you've got to be kidding me he just I think it was my thermals the, the wind was wasn't bad but I was hunting the bottom and the big thing in hill country is you might have an east wind according to your hunting apps or according to the weather channel. But when you get in your stand, you'll have a west wind or a north wind or a south wind. And I don't know if maybe the wind starts swirling, but he sort of hit a brick wall and he turned around. He didn't he didn't blow or anything, but he knew that there was something that wasn't right. Something 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 was there that shouldn't have been. So, you know, this is my second encounter with him in one month. Um, and I'm telling myself at this point in time, you, know, you you can only blow so many good encounters with a mature deer before before you're done, before you, you're just not going to kill that deer. And um, I was beating myself up over it, and I was trying to find other deer because I was thinking, man, I, I really screwed up. Um, I reverted off of this farm. Just it was a good good farm for the rut, but the guy that owns it, he just he runs his cattle on it. There's no crops or anything like that. Um, he wanted to keep it where there was no baiting or anything. So um, I reverted back to the farm where I had him early season, where I had him in the summer, and I knew once the neighbors had got their corn cut, and um, after gun season had passed, gun season's pretty pretty hard on deer here too. Um, so when I knew that during the week of gun season it happens every year, everybody goes and pushes the neighbors off and they end up coming onto the farm that I hunt, which I have sole permission to hunt. It's 181 acres. Um, I don't gun hunt and every year the deer just pile in there when gun season rolls around, they do deer drives. So I was feeling like that deer was going to come back in and, um, that's exactly, it's exactly what he did. Uh, during that time I was, I had another good eight point that was on camera. So. Um, I don't want to say I was hunting the eight pointer with him, but I was sort of hunting them both. I told my buddy, he was helping me out. I said, whatever deer comes in first is what I'm going to shoot. Um, then the eight point got killed in muzzleloader season. I had actually seen him the Sunday of muzzleloader se season. I went off that farm as I was driving up the road. He was standing a hundred yards off the road, snow covered bank. And I was like, man, that's not good for a guy that, you know, somebody that comes by there, it's in the mood to poach a deer. Um, so I went up through and he 
worked his way back out around on my stand where he wasn't by the road. And I went in there. I hunted him all afternoon, all evening. Um, neighbor ended up killing him um, that evening. I heard the gunshot go off. I actually helped him drag him out. So, you know, at this point in time, I'm really beating myself up. I've lost two good deer. Um, and Superstar's still walking around. And, and he shouldn't be. He was walking around because I made a mistake and, and didn't shoot him when I had him at 17 yards. So. He became super sporadic. I would get him daylight once every two weeks. And you know how it is with deer hunting. Like, he just, when you get a deer daylight once every two weeks or every two and a half weeks, it's, it's hard to go set. I mean, if that deer's coming in and you're getting him a couple of times a week, you you feel okay. But um, it was just hard to go set. So I took some time off. Um, it got into about the third week of January and it started getting frigid um snowfall just just bad weather overall and um I knew where there was a big bedding area on this farm I picked a bunch of sheds up out of it last year and um I went in uh poured probably 200 pounds of corn out I uh, poured some sweet feed over it and uh wouldn't you know it <laughs> the first deer that showed up daylight the first buck was superstar I thought, man, you got to be kidding me. So I, I sent a picture to my buddy. He's like, man, that's wild. I'd never, ever had that deer on this side of the road um, that I had him on. And he was only running probably, according to my Onyx maps, from the farthest points I had him apart was about 0.7 miles. So he wasn't covering a lot of a lot of area through the fall and winter, per se. Um, so I went in. We had a, we had a span of just nasty weather but weather that you want to be hunting the deer in so the first night the first night i go in and uh i had another deer show up that i hadn't had pictures of since november so i was doing the same thing i told my buddy i was like whichever one comes in i'm going to shoot they're both good deer they're mature deer so the first night i'm in there it's a deer i call lefty um i wasn't in the stand for an hour and here comes lefty out of a bedding area 200 yards away and you know at this point in time I I could I could tell that he was working this bottom and he's gonna come right up to me and um bucks being bucks he uh man he took his time it took him like two and a half hours to walk 200 yards it was just he moped around he had a little buck with him and he ends up working his way up in front of me and hunting bait sites they bring the deer in but man you got so many sets of eyes on you that you can't move and um lefty comes in to 10 yards and he's right in front of me and i got my bow and i couldn't move um i just couldn't move he actually stopped in front of me looked up at me he didn't know what i was but he knew i wasn't supposed to be there and um we had to stare off and it ended up getting dark and i just had to sit there and i had to wait for the deer to leave I went in and hunted my second evening and um, I seen Lefty again. He came out of the same exact spot and he stayed out about 200 yards. The closest he got was about 150 and I just, I never ended up seeing him. And, you know, I mean, after I had seen him, I, he, it started getting dark. I had a bunch of bucks come in, but uh, none of them was Lefty and none of them was Superstar. Um, so I, I come in to hunt on the third evening. And I checked that camera before I got in the stand. 
And that morning, Superstar was in there daylight. But after I had left the night that night prior to, um, Superstar and Lefty both showed up. And I had probably eight different bucks that were in there that evening. So I'm in here hunting the third evening. And as I said, you know, Superstar's in there daylight that morning. And I'm sitting there. I wasn't in the stand 15 minutes and a spike comes in. He winded me. He didn't blow, but he stuck his nose in the air and took off back the other way. And I was like, Man, it's going to be one of these nights. Um, about a half hour goes by and I had some does come in and the wind was swirling. They were, they were edgy, but they ended up calming down. And as the evening went on, the wind died down. And, you know, when I was in there at first, it was only probably a six to seven mile an hour wind. Um, as the evening went on, the deer calmed down, and um, about an hour before dark, I looked to my left, and I see three does come running up out of this bottom, and I could tell that something was chasing them. They weren't running scared, but I could tell they were getting pushed. And um, so I keep looking, keep looking, and here comes another deer right up the same trail. And I couldn't tell what it was, but I could tell that it was Buck, just the way that he was the way that he was walking per se. So these deer come around this bowl and um, these does do. I was looking, here comes that buck. And at this point in time, this deer is probably 140 yards away. And I could see times and I said that that's a good deer. I mean, that's either lefty or that superstar. So I'm sitting there and I got, I got deer there at my bait site and about 20 minutes go by and here come these three does that I'd seen from up 200 yards. Here they come up over the hill and they're probably 50 yards away from me. And, uh, they worked their way in and I thought another 20 minutes go by and no buck. I'm like, man, I saw the buck that was pushing them. So like, I'm in there and I'm ready. Like, I'm like, I gotta be ready. I'm, I don't, I don't want to move too much. And here comes a 120 inch eight point up over the hill, right up the same trail. And I was like, well, that must have been the buck. And I thought, there's no way. Like, the deer that I saw was bigger than that. So, at this point in time, Jeff, I have 14 deer standing in front of me. All, <laughs> you get an all, audience right there in front of you. Yeah. All 14 of them are within 30 yards of me. And all 14 of those deer knew that I was in that tree. They didn't know what I was, but they knew that I was there. But they were okay with they were eating. And they'd check me every now and again. Um, I just obviously not move. They stare at me for five seconds and then go about their business. So there's probably 20 minutes to half hour of, uh, of daylight left. And when I'm in the tree, I talk to God all the time. And I think a lot of bow hunters do it, but I think I might do it a lot more than other people do. Um, but I, I was sitting there in the tree watching all these deer, you know, all these bucks. And I had every buck on camera. I had every buck in front of me that I had on camera, except for the two that I wanted to shoot. So I was sitting there and um, I just closed my eyes and I said, God, I know this might seem like a lot to ask, but I feel like I put a lot of time in this year and I feel like I've, I've paid the price and I feel like I'm very deserving to, to kill a, kill one of these deer. Um, and every deer 
that I have, every buck that I have on camera is standing in front of me, except for the two that I want to kill. If you could make these deer show up, I would really appreciate it. But if not, I understand. Um, there's probably more deserving people out there. I just, I've, I've had a rough year, um, both personally and hunting. And if you could make this happen, I'd really appreciate it. Probably 10 minutes went by and the 10 minutes that went by after I said that prayer and before any other deer showed up, my mind totally went off of deer. And I, I sat there and thought about how blessed I was, you know, how much I had, you know, how crazy it was that I'm blessed with so much to the point that, you know, I'm sitting here in a tree stand asking God if we'll put a deer in front of me kind of thing. And like I said, about 10 minutes go by and I got all these things running through my mind and I look out and they're staying superstar and he's 60 yards away and he's looking right at all the other deer. And I don't know what happened other than it had to have been God, but I mentioned that those deer were all on edge. Every one of those deer knew I was in that tree and they were just, they were on edge. That's the, just the best way to say it. And I look out and Superstar's standing there and I start scanning these other deer just to make sure, see which ones are watching me. And all of a sudden, those deer didn't give a crap that I was there. They were all being normal. They weren't on edge. They were chasing each other around. You know, the young, the young deer were, were playing. It was like everything just went. And I thought, he heard me. He had, God heard me when I was praying. There's no other explanation for this. So Superstar starts working toward me and he stops and he turns his head and looks backward where he came from. And he had 11 inch G2s and I'll never forget he swung, he swung his head real slow. And I seen those twos and I thought, man, that's, that's exactly what I remember seeing him walk away from me when I had him at 17 yards. And here comes Lefty, right up over the hill, walking right at him. And these deer walk in together. I mean, they, they weren't right beside each other, but they were 10 yards apart. And they walked in together, and I got to stare at both of them walking in. And Did you by chance get that on camera? Because that's like watching real tree. I have a uh, trail cam picture of it coming in. They're coming in from the back. And I'm like, man, as they're coming in, I knew my mom, I knew I was going to kill that deer when I was coming in because I told myself, I asked God to put those deer in front of me. And he didn't put one. He put both of them in front of me. And now these 14 deer that were on edge, they don't even give a crap. Like, this is already done. So here they come in. I get moved to my left and I told myself when he clears this white oak, what was about 26 yards, I'm smoking you. And he came in, clears the white oak, and uh, I didn't even stop him. He was, he, as he was walking, I, I let him walk right into my pen and I just 10 ringed him, smoked him, blew right through his heart, blew a hole through one of his lungs. And at that point in time, like it happened so slow, but it happened so quick. Like I seen him. And he went over the hill. I wasn't sure exactly where I hit him, but I knew that I hit him good. Um, 
I hung my bow up and I sat down and I just, one of them things you just take it all in. Like my passion for whitetails and in my opinion is a little bit different than other people's because that is what they mean to me. And, you know, I, I've incorporated my kids into it, what, what they mean to my kids, specifically my son. And it was just crazy. You know, that's, I hope I can tell the story to more people than just you. You know, I sat in the tree that night and it's easy to say what you're not blessed with or think about what you don't have. But, you know, I was so blessed that I was sitting there praying for a deer and just the way everything changed, you know, from the deer being on edge to the deer not caring to, you know, the wind stopped. Like the wind blew that whole evening. And I said that prayer, and this deer shows up 10 minutes later, and the wind stopped. Now, come on. I mean, and this deer comes in and gives me a perfect shot. It was, there's no there's no other way to say it other than when I said that prayer, God heard me because, man, I couldn't have painted it any better. And um, I ended up calling a couple of my buddies. We gave him probably an hour and a half and went back and. He didn't go 60 yards, piled up, like I said, uh, put it right through his heart, ended up catching one of his lungs, and uh, just uh, just a blessing, man. I got a clean harvest. You know, the, the deer was dead on his feet from the minute that he got shot. Um, just a clean harvest, and, <laughs> you know, the, everything that went into it from, you know, letting this deer walk, and as he was walking away, telling myself I made a mistake. And, you know, having to fight through adversity, yeah, I lost the, a deer that I've been chasing for four years. Um, I had another good deer that, you know, got shot on the neighbor. Just one of those things that you know, I, I didn't give up and I kept grinding and kept at it and, and ended up paying off in the long run. That's fantastic, man. You know, when I shot my doe, I had, there was, a, there was another one laying around, like hanging around her and, it's one of those things where I, I, I didn't become greedy because it's like I, I also knew that I had a bunch of work ahead of me. So it's like if I shoot both of them and I still have to drive. It's like I'm just going and I'm just going to just take the one that God gave me an opportunity for. But it was unique, though, that when, when I when I when that Friday night before that morning, when we went out, went out hunting. I mean, I was very thankful for the season I already had because it's very um exciting because of all the different interactions that I've got to, that, that I got to have throughout the months from September up until that point in time. And then, then being blessed with that one shot and being able to just double lunged her, she ran 40 yards. I watched her pile up because where I set was on a ridge. And so it's like, you, you just, I'm at the top of the ridge and you can just see straight down. So it's, it's, it provides a good solid va- a vantage point of what you're looking for. And, you know, and just having those experiences with both the younger buck a few weeks earlier and then that having that mature one, it was a very uh, appreciative year of being able to experience all that stuff because sometimes I would not see a deer at all for weeks on end or if it was a gun season, you have to wait a couple more weeks. And I wanted to get back out to the same weekend. You shot a superstar, but I slept wrong on my on my left side and messed up all this muscles. And so, so anytime I turn my head to the left, everything in my neck would just, just tense up. So it's like, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be practicing with an injury and it's just not going to be bode well. And I'd say, like, I don't feel confident going out there and setting that weekend. Cause 
Wisconsin has a, has a nice extended season too. It doesn't go as far as October and October into into February, but we'll go up until January thirty first. And I was trying to work on trying to clean it all up and stuff like that, and trying to put um, um, ointment on there. Like we have a, a, a an emu mixture that we found at Cranfest. It's not Bengay, but it's got the same potency as it, but without all the nasty chemicals that that uh, Monsanto puts into it. So, it, but I wasn't able to achieve the the um, the full relaxation of the muscle, and I didn't want muscles, muscle group, I should say. I just slept wrong, so I got a new pillow. Uh, well, uh, it's it's just frustrating. That, um, but uh, I overall though, even though I only got the one deer, it was very a lot of fun. It was a lot of new experiences. A lot of saw learned a new things about the land I've been hunting now for. This will be going um this upcoming fall will be my third year hunting it. So I kind of give myself a little bit more perspective on where I want to move to. And with having the flexibility of the, of a ghost blind, I'm looking forward to it. And so as I've been, I've been staring at your pictures, I've been staring at superstar and he is just a stunning buck, especially with you holding up by the end. You're both looking at the camera. It is just, man, just having them walk through and then having your, uh, your prayers answered you just kind of it was it wasn't asking for much but you know it's like he appreciated all the hard work you put in the year it was it was a blessing it was a blessing and i, I like i said i dear just dear mean a lot uh, they mean a lot to me I, I i can't put it into words i mean you'd have to they, they they've done they've done a lot for me more or less whenever when there was times that you know maybe you didn't feel like you had much or like you didn't have anybody. Um, I, I've always had deer and I, I love deer and I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, I'm thankful for God giving me the opportunity to shoot that deer and, um, you know, to see the look on my boy's face too when, when he's seen him. Um, like I said, he's three years old. Um, it just, it's awesome. You know, they out, they outdoors and, you know, what they deer, they're, they're, they mean the world to me. It is it is exciting to see their their faces light up like when when I shot the buck behind me Captain Hook uh Sophia my daughter was she was 3 at the time and so it's it was just having her experience. I wasn't quite sure how she was going to interact with it but when she when she saw it hung up in my my dad's uh, garage it was like didn't even phase her she was all excited about it so it was it's it's that it's that memories that this hold with you for the rest of your life cuz the second they see it and you, you pay attention to their eyes and how they look and then how they crinkle their nose because of all, all animals stink. So it's like, it was just, you remember those fine details and you appreciate that stuff. Cause now when you, when you have a chance to re repeat the story, it's just going to have so much more of a value to you. Yep. Absolutely. Now, how is, how was everything coming along with Appalachian chase? Uh, it's, it's coming well. Um, our, our first season, we were sort of getting our gears about ourselves and um, seeing how things were going to go. So um, my cousin, uh, I just posted a picture on there a couple of days ago. Uh, he killed a deer with a drop time. We'll have this beam comes down. Um, got that all on video. So I've uh, been working on it, putting it together, um, just you know, tweaking some stuff around. Um, ended up adding a new member from Minnesota. He's been a great addition. and. Um, you know, overall, just the guys have been been grinding it out and um, put a lot of work in this season. I think we end up killing uh, four four bucks. We killed one in Pennsylvania. Um, TJ's your cousin, right? He's the one that punched his tag. Yeah, with the drop three, time. That 
Yeah, that is that is a stud. I'm looking at the I'm looking at TJ's buck right now, and it's like that is really impressive. Now, was he a late season too as well? Yeah, he actually just killed that deer. Um, it wasn't even a week ago. I want to say maybe he killed that deer. Maybe a week ago, exactly. To be yeah. honest with you. The post says six days ago, but then again, yeah. you probably shot him day seven. Yeah. Shot it the day before, yeah. So it's the same thing. He actually lives in Maryland. Um, he has two leases up here and, you know, puts a, puts a lot of time in. And he actually didn't have any deer to hunt this year until really until after gun season. And what, what happens in Ohio a lot, you know, especially on properties that, that you manage and you know, properties like in, in my instance, you know, as I, I mentioned, I'm the only person that's allowed to hunt it. Um, when these bordering properties, when gun season hits and everybody comes through and does deer drives, these deer all pour in to a farm where they're not getting pressured, where they know that there are no guns. And that's actually what happened with TJ. He didn't have anything to hunt in Ohio all year. Uh, gun season rolled around. You know, the gun hunters end up pushing two deer into him, one which one of which uh, was the deer in the picture. And uh, he ended up sealing the deal on it. It uh, was coming into one of his Buck Fever Seed Company food plots. And it, um, when that deer showed up on his property, uh, it got into those radishes and turnips. And he uh, he really liked them. So he hung around and ended up being his fate. That's just, yeah, that's awesome. Though. But so he lives in Maryland and makes that trek back and forth he every couple of weeks? I'm telling every couple of weeks, he makes it weekly, man. Like it's, it's really. Insane. And he'll he'll come sometimes, drive all the way up here just to hunt one evening and turn around. I'm like, dude, you're nuts. Like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Um, but he put the time in and that's that's another thing, you know. Is he single, by the way? Because that's a lot of that's a lot of windshield time. He's not single, but he doesn't have any kids, so Oh, that that adds it to it too as well. It's it's it makes it makes a world difference when especially like at this stage in the relationship, they don't have kids, like they're having a, a emotionally emotionally independent woman is it's is a blessing i tell you what yeah, yeah you're right that is impressive though because i mean that's what a six eight hour drive depending on traffic on 90 yeah he was doing um it was 15 hours round trip so. oh, oh wow yeah seven and a half hours well about six if you if you if you add an hour in there for uh stopping 70 or i-90 is 70 75 and well Whatever happens between him and, and his speedometers, that that's between him. <laughs> so why it's like if he, if he it's like it's almost feel like it. No, does he work full time for like the DOD out there? Does he work for? As, um, he runs his own business. Um, he uh, he does pools, um, landscaping, hardscapes. Um, but the main thing that he does is uh, he installs pools and. Um, He's he's got a unique story. I mean, maybe you can catch up with him sometime. I don't want to tell a story on his behalf, but he's got a unique story that um, uh, more or less where God came into his life and, and uh, got him got him straightened around and um, for the for the better, and you know, it ended up turning to where he was able to start his own business and um, you know he's able to have fun and do stuff like this, chase big white tails in Ohio. <laughs> that's fantastic what we could do is uh um because I've, I've had uh multi-guest podcast uh, on my podcast like the guys from uh, the crew i should say from unfor the unforgotten trails uh they're based out of ohio too as well oddly enough in pennsylvania and so and so those guys are a group great group of guys and so we we had all six of them on there 
and it worked went really well. Everybody had a chance to talk, and I addressed everybody. And we we had one guy that was the the, uh, the punchline, so that was fun. It was it was all around a good conversation. I'll tell you what, um, we could even set that up here one evening. I could uh, we could get everybody together and um, get them on here, get a handful of us on here, and talk deer. There's a couple of the other guys that, that, that can cook. I can't cook. TJ actually. I'll tell you why he'd be a good one for you. Um, prior to him starting his own business, he worked at a restaurant down around Ocean City, Princess Anne's area. And um, so he knows he knows a little bit about cooking and, and whatnot. So he may be your guy. You can talk to him about food and deer. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. The 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 addition of doing the um, the, the uh, cooking episode is something that has been a been a kind of a blessing in disguise because it's been really gaining traction. Ever since the actually your episode way back last fall or last last mid year, and uh, you know it's like who knows things could change. I, I was that's why I mentioned like last night if your wife has a, uh, a recipe, she can always come on too. But if she's not the one that uh, like you did, do you do you just primarily just do uh, ground hamburger or something or? Yeah, so a, I'll, uh, I have a ton of jerky in my fridge right now. If you were oh, here, jerky, happy. okay, I um. I make a lot in the jerky, then um, I ground most of the other stuff in the burger. And we use it in our spaghetti and everything else kind of thing. So um, I got my own, I got um, my own dehydrator here and then I'm able to grind it up. I got a nice grinder and everything. So I can do everything right here in the kitchen and it makes it easy. It's rewarding, you know, just to eat what you hunt. It it does make an additional to it. I haven't had a necessity to buy a grinder yet because one of my good friends he comes up and it's a good reason for he'll bring his grinder up and I'll we'll grind up whatever we have and and just drink some whiskey and call it good. So we haven't I haven't had the the urge to pull the trigger yet. I'm also been looking at getting a smoker to kind of replace uh, my old roommates and uh, go ahead and like just kind of get into that that game because I love cooking food. So as as everybody knows, so. That's pretty fun. Now, with your whitetail series, then uh, don't you guys coming up with uh, doing this as a series, an uh, educational thing? Or, uh, do you, how do you guys do your content then? What do you direct? How do you direct it? Yes, I, I want it to be in an educational standpoint to the point that you know I want I want people to not only tune in and the fact that they can tune in and watch some good deer hit the ground, but they can tune in and learn. Um, by all means, I, I definitely don't know everything. Um, I've learned a lot through the years and I've learned a lot through the years by, by making mistakes. And you know, I always said, you know, I, my first bow kill was actually in, I believe 2010. And I joke about it because uh, looking back to 2010 from now, um, I knew enough to be dangerous kind of thing. You know, I didn't, I, didn't, I don't, I don't per se, I didn't know enough to, you know, go out and, hunt a deer for an extended period of time and be able to seal the deal on him because I was able to find him in a transition zone blowing open a scrape at this point in time because I had all my notes wrote down but I knew enough to be dangerous um I think I spooked more deer than I killed kind of thing and um, <laughs> yeah we've all been there especially in the beginning I like to replace mistakes as learning opportunities absolutely so um if I can use my mistakes to, to teach other people and you know I'm still um I'm 32 years old and I still sat down in the evenings and I listened to the Mark Juries of the world. I listened to the Don Higginses, um, the guys who um, (laughs) 
the guys who are the best in the business. So, I mean, if if you can sit down and be humble and, you know, be willing to learn, and you know, there's more than one way to skin a squirrel, skin a cat, however you want to say it. But um, if uh, if you can sit down and be willing to learn, you know, I, like I said, I, I still take in a lot of information from listening to people like Mark Drury and Don Higgins. And, and you know, that's something that I can hopefully pass on to my son. Like I said he's three, three years old right now, and he he uh, he enjoys the heck out of it. So if my can, if my mistakes can correlate to his success, then I'm all for it. Because mm-hmm. you have a total of five guys in your team, correct? Uh, so now we're at uh, eight of us. Oh, eight of you guys. All right. Well, what you guys could do is look at different opportunities of different ex- like if you guys have since you have eight guys on there, if you guys can all create like a a 30 second to one minute video on a tip that you guys can narrow it down. Everybody posts something like that. It doesn't have to be weekly, especially for something that concentrate. You just, that's some of the way to develop that content and stuff like that to provide that education. Even if it's something you, that you're reading from like a um, Mike Drury or um, T-Bone or any of those, any of those, those um, well-established hunters, you know, it's like the providing that knowledge is like, they may have not heard it yet, but it's like you get, you provide them that information just a way to, to drive that deck that technology the thing is like the unique thing is like people have been moving away from like youtube and moving to tiktok because of the short attention span now the downside is is that in our world we have to we have to use some uh um, alternate language to be able to do it it's like you can't post something that's been harvested online on on that platform but on face or on instagram it doesn't matter so you have to be, you have to pick and choose your battles and stuff like that. So like for you guys to be able to develop that content, if you guys can um, get cameras out there that get deer on there and just putting putting a fun music to it or or something inspirational to it, I found like with my content, I've been I've been adding something inspirational to it or a Bible verse or something that is just going to motivate them. Something that motivates me that when they when they go through the Instagram reels, all of a sudden triggers them because right now it's like with the with Facebook just suffering that three hundred or at the two hundred billion dollar loss is because of kind of like that TikTok playing a role in that in that median right there. And there's guys in there that do it really well, and it's like most of the time, like the guys that done really well is either a teaching something obviously and shooting their bows, shooting distances, talking about target panic, all that fun stuff. And they're between seven, fifteen, thirty, thirty seconds of content, and then if you once you get X amount, you go up to three minutes of a conversation. So there's a lot of there's a lot of growth from it, but it's like that it's a just a, uh, grasping their attention in a short period of time, and you never know what's going to take off. Put on your story there, with, especially with the, with the Bible verses and stuff. Like, like I said, I'm one of those guys that <laughs> I don't talk to God as much as I should. And usually, when I do it, I'm in a tree. But I uh, the stuff you uh, you've been posting, I really enjoy that. I actually um there's a guy I have on my Instagram there that. Uh, he posted a thing the other day. I'm actually want to send it to you. Um, that had to do with God and you know the bigger picture. I'm gonna find it and send it to you because I actually when he when he shared it to his story, I messaged him. I said, yeah, I I needed. It was one of those days where I, I said I I needed to see that today. Um, so I I want to send that along to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, because uh, um I got the chance to like I made a post here with the. With Joe Rogan here today, and it's like on all my platforms, it's not really blowing up, but the the people that need to see it are seeing it, 
And so it's one of those things where it's like I met him before I started doing the doing the podcast. But right now, ain't he? what's that? He's a superstar now, ain't he? Oh yeah, he he is. He has reached uh, um, international fame. The government and the the sheep of the world they they're 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 scared of him. They're petrified of him, and that that's what's going on. That is what's going on in the magnifying glass that's on Jay Rogan because Jay Rogan doesn't care. And he's telling America what America needs to hear. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is that he's got a very large uh, audience. I mean, one of his episodes will bring in between 8 to 11 million listens, where CNN can barely bring in a million people to watch one of the nightly shows. So it's like it's one of the, it's going against their narrative. And plus, it's like he's able to bring on long form content. I mean, this these this new cycle that they have was going to eventually burn people out where nobody will trust them. I mean, right now, I think it's uh, most of Fox programs are actually seeing like three point two million per per episodes, which is pretty unique. But this this censorship and this uh, is pretty astronomical, especially when Brandon has a chance to notice him is pretty big. But this burden falls on all on all of us. And so I, I was looking through my my my, uh, my uh, bible app and i found one from numbers uh chapter 11 verse 17 i will come down and speak with you there and i will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone and i thought that was very fitting in this scenario right here because we all carry this burden of it and it's like with what's going on with the the big trucker pair um caravan that's going on there now i'm starting to see bloomberg in business insider and all the the um the deep state they're they're knocking it they're trying to make it something that's very violent that's not or very graphic and even with them the gofundme page gofundme took that down but they didn't take down the people that caused two billion dollars of damage or anybody that uh, or even the uh, um joe uh George Floyd situation that too. I don't know if you saw us, but uh, you see that earlier this summer that George Floyd, uh, his mural got struck by lightning because people are honoring him like a false idol. And it's like that right there doesn't tell you God doesn't exist. Is that pretty proof? It's right there. So the proof is in the pudding. He's a false idol. And it's like he wanted to make everybody know this is not something you you worship. Yep. God's real. That's <laughs> there ain't no doubt about it. I, I, uh, I can testify to that after what I've seen, what he did for me there a couple of weeks ago. That ain't that the truth, you know, and it's, it's unique that um, we're starting to say this. And I had, I'm, I'm trying to get my other friend uh, uh, Brady back on and he, he, he does um, cryptocurrency and this is where cryptocurrency can rise up in the place, especially like if we want to donate to the caravan so that they help them pay for the diesel and their gas or what are they using to, to maintain this, um, this protest, this peaceful protest, keep that in mind, is that so this way then it can circumvent both um, the IMF and the World Economic Forum, and that money can get to those truck drivers to keep this thing going because what's going with, like, I don't know if you heard this, but a couple of weeks ago, the European Union Parliament removed all of the restrictions, removed all of it, because there is a program or project called the Nuremberg Project 2.0. Has gained so much steam that they had to. Otherwise, it's like we're going to see a lot of politicians hanging from the gallows again because of the the violation of the Nuremberg Code. And it's because we don't see the coverage here. Is we that's all all the coverage over there is going through TikTok because it's it's there's so much information they can't take it down. But it's like you're seeing hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the uh, streets peacefully protesting. I mean, I've seen the the 
walled or streets just filled with people and nobody's looting, nobody's burning shit down. So it is quite remarkable what they can do now, which is battle helping the people in Australia as well and, and just kind of spreading that love. Amen, brother. Because it's like, especially overseas, it's, it's starting to hear more stories from the Middle East where people are converting from Islam to Christianity or Judaism to Christianity. It is a, there's something, there's awakening that's going on and it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a mar- remarkable. And I think what happened over the last few years, especially with the, the limelight being showed on child check, sex trafficking and such and making this a global um, spotlight, I think it's kind of opened up people's eyes and a lot of evil that's going on and such. It's quite remarkable. I'm going to listen to a story today for a gal that lives here in Wisconsin. She didn't mention what city, but this weekend she was at the mall with her kids and she watched these two young girls, uh, probably under the age of 18, between 15 and 18. And they were nonchalantly taking their phone and putting it in their hand like this. And they were showing the camera and stuff like that. And the gal freaked her out because these are techniques that are used by uh, sex trafficking, especially here in America. I mean, we have the highest amount. So oddly enough, here in Wisconsin, we have um, the f- the fifth highest per capita pedophiles. Wow. Yeah, it is ridiculous amount about how many pedophiles that live in the state. Uh, Oregon comes in number one. And you, if you look at the leadership, it kind of points that direction of why we have that high of content. But Ohio's not even on there, which is which is a good thing. Good thing for me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's so? What are you guys going to be doing this upcoming? Are you guys doing any like our uh, like? I know um, East Coast Trev from the uh, East Coast Post Hunter, or um, um, he does. Uh, Travis does. Trav does. Uh, he just got done doing a squirrel hunt, but he's going to be going into doing a nationwide uh, coyote hunt. Are you guys going to be doing anything? Do you guys go after predator control between the states you guys are in? We're actually already, we're pumped up talking about it. Um, we're going to get together. Uh, <clears throat> Ohio changed from a two turkey state to a one turkey state. Um, much due in part to a couple of port hatches and an out of control bobcat population. And we do not have a bobcat season. So we're actually going to, we're going to get together uh, this turkey season and we're going to throw down some film, uh, of us knocking some long beards down and uh, give it, give us an excuse for all of us to get together. And um, so we're, we're going to have a spring series that we're going to put on for turkeys. And um, I would like to be able to say that within the next week, I'll have my cousin TJ's hunt um, ready to go and uh, have it up on YouTube. And we're hoping at some point in time, <clears throat> you know, next year after next season. Um, so by next spring, to maybe hopefully be putting some stuff on carbon tv and go from there so things are taking off i just you know year one we had to get our wheels under us and you know, see what we were doing wrong and what we were doing right and um we're super excited we're gonna we're gonna put, knock down some real good footage this spring with with the turkey so that's that's the next thing in line and then um you know most of the guys especially the guys in ohio my cousin tj we we do food plots so you know we we start those in the spring and um uh, we plant plots from the spring clear through, um, you know, our, our, our winter plots go in the ground mid-August. So that's with our turnips and kale. So uh, we like to stay busy, uh, run mineral sites through the spring, through the summer. And um, we keep ourselves busy. We, we video everything we do. And uh, if we make for a good video at the end, we can, you know, bring to the people that, that, that follow us. 
Very cool. So now, are you guys going to be focused? Are you guys going to be trying to drop? And once you get, once you guys get through all the hiccups and stuff, and learning about rendering and all that fun stuff, and making sure you have multiple backups, because this happened to me a few weeks ago, where I had a my my hard drive that had our previous conversation, and every conversation I had up until up until I lost it is gone, gone, it's completely gone. So it's like make sure you guys have backups upon backups upon backups. This way, then you either have it in the cloud. Or you go down to Walmart and you get yourself a couple terabyte hard drives and yes. you back everything up. Believe me, man, it is frustrating because I have all that content. It's only in a few places. It could be just simply misplaced. So I'm not counting it. I'm, I'm so hopeful that I can find it. But make sure you do that. And just pay attention to whenever a hard drive goes on. I'm using Seagate. It, it works pretty decent, you know. Um, I haven't had I haven't had, I had the blue screen of death, but um, that's something to keep in mind for, especially when you're getting into videos, because it's amazing how big those files get and how fat they get real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I swear it's like I did a I did a, an episode with Al Quackenbush, and that episode was three hours long, and by time that video was done and uploaded and, and primed and tripped, and there's like all this all the extra different ads that I put in there. Oh, it was a couple of gigs. It was huge. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you what, it's uh just just the one that I've been working on here at TJ's. I I just saved it there the other the other day, and it the the amount of time that goes into it, it just be <laughs> for it to disappear and not be able to find it one day. It's a uh, it's a lot of time for it just to be gone. <laughs> so now, are you you're working on editing, aren't you? Yes. Two or are you, are you guys do or do you guys have you guys divided up the workload? Um, I, I have the software on, on my laptop, so uh, it's something that I enjoy doing um, is doing that. So I actually um, I'm getting into some some writing right now, too. Um, I've been in contact with a couple of uh, bow hunting magazines and I'm going to um, get into that and, and and try my luck in that. Something I really enjoy doing is writing. So um, as far as doing that in terms of, you know, hunting stories, deer that I've killed as well as just, you know, tips, transition zones, scrapes, you know, hunting deer in the river. Um, I, uh, I actually exchanged a couple emails today with a couple bow hunting magazines, and uh, I'm going to try my hand on that, just anything I can do to, you know, keep myself busy. and Anything that involves deer and bow hunting, I'm, I'm all for it. That's fantastic, man. Congratulations. That's a big step into it, because that's a whole meeting to, to learn to go through that too as well. I mean, t- speaking is difficult enough, let alone learning how to write because it's, it is one of those things once on paper, it's tougher to manipulate. I mean, granted like uh, with a podcast, so I can pull it down, retweak it and then go back up again. Same thing with YouTube, but writing it's in writing. It's, it's, it's out there for forever until nobody, st- until, until the subscription dies off. Mm-hmm. That is exciting, man. Now, um, how have you been looking at? Uh, I know, granted, you're probably you're going to be writing all your own material, but have you looked at any plagiarizing uh, programs just to make sure you just drop your file in there to read it, make sure there's nothing in there that people can do that? Because especially right now, like we're, we're somebody managed to compile a whole bunch of interviews with um, Joe Rogan. You don't. It's just kind of like a a CYA, so this way you can. Yeah, so pretty much what what they've the the uh, two magazines I've talked to. What they've told me is um, they want me to send them some send them some content and stuff that they, they like what they see on my, my Instagram stuff. Um, and I love, I actually love writing. That's something that a lot of people don't know about me. Um, told me to send them some stuff and they're going to obviously look over it and, and whatnot. But it, I, from the conversations I had, I'm pretty optimistic about which direction it's going to go. So, um, another one of those things you, 
pray on it, sleep on it, and let things let things go how they go. Isn't it amazing when you like when you have an inspiration in the back of your mind, you continue praying on it, and it's like about a year or so ago, a year and a half or so ago, um, I was uh, thinking about getting into engraving, and so I kind of put it off my back of my mind, and then it's like a year, year and a half has passed, and it's still still setting there. And so I, I brought it up to my wife and I told her like some of my ideas that we want to achieve. And she really like wants to get behind it because it's, it's something that's scalable. It's just coming down and picking out the right laser, the right setup for it, stuff like that kind. We're really putting a lot of thought into it. So I've been, I've put in a lot of hours of doing video or video watching on YouTube and stuff to find out like what makes sense, what product, what machine will do X. The thing is, is like what we want to do. It's like the machine is five to 10 grand, depending on, how we want to do it. And, it, and the cool thing is my, my way I want to scale it is doing uppers and lowers. And, and what I found out is like, if you do that, you have to get an FFL license. So my wife and I are going to, when, when we, when we get comfortable enough to be able to do that, because those, those, um, if you mess up, those are pretty expensive things to replace. So we want to get this. So we're both going to get the, the FFL license because it's like, when you, when you do an engraving, you, you're, you're improving the value of the firearm. And so that's how the ATF sees it. It's 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 a funky gray area that I've that from what I've read in the forum boards that it's it is a very weird area that the ATF likes to fuck with people. So it's like, all right, fair enough. Then I will gladly just just listen to them, just go and get it, go through the whole process, get approved. Nice thing is my background. I I've I get uh, background checked with the FBI, so it's like I'm pretty gonna I'm gonna get it. So I'm not worried about it. Right. So what's um? Are you guys gonna gonna do a podcast too as well as you progress through your uh, the the growth of? Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna try to leave it as a web series. Um, I've been on a handful of podcasts. This is probably like the fifth, sixth, seventh one that I've done. Uh, but um, I I never really had had interest in starting a, a podcast kind of thing. And I think a lot of people start them and then they can't keep them going. So. Um, kudos to you. You've done a good job starting this up and, and keeping it going. And I see a lot of them that start up and and, and they fail. So yeah, um, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you do. You do a great job. So I um, as long as I can, people get a hold of me and you know feel the feel that I'm good enough to come on and, and, and talk on their podcast. I I'd love to continue to do that. But um, we're just going to leave ours as, as a web series. Yeah, well, that's perfectly fine with that because follow your niche, follow your dopamine. That's what I encourage. Anybody that wants to get into it, and nice thing is I got a lot of experience in the do's and don'ts about it. But the unique thing is too is like as you guys build your, um, I guess you'd say resume, a podcast, then you can put that stuff on your on your Facebook. Because we uh, a few weeks ago, there's a group of us that got together. Um, Eric Clark from uh, the OKS Hunter podcast, he put together like a, a a meeting of the minds between six of us, and we all we do is talk about. Um, distribution, streaming, advertising, like things that can help us all work out because we all have the solid uh, foundation. We want to collaborate with other people because collaboration, because it's like, we're not here to bank enemies. We're here to collaborate. And that's where the key to success. Because if, if, if we all succeed, then it's just a big win and stuff like that. And we all talked about our dreams and what we wanted to achieve and such. And it was a really, really good conversation. It lasted, I don't know, two, two and a half hours. Right on. I'll have to tune in and uh, and yeah, do you have that uploaded on your side? 
or is it just on? No, it, it it was just a meeting of the minds. It was not a podcast. Eric didn't want to do. He we we all kind of created. It's like it was just all for us, and I appreciated that. So it's like I I know like a lot of us want to do more of the meeting of the minds and turn it into a live streaming event. I know I think I feel like my turn is coming up because it's like uh, the SmackDown podcast has done it a couple times. Er, Eric uh, Doug Leverbeen has done it, and same thing with Eric Clark. He's done it a few times. A lot of times it's just like it's putting up the poll figuring out t- dates and times and being able to put it again. So it's like, it's usually a two or three month process to get that nailed down. Okay. So the nice thing is we all use similar products to be able to get our stuff up there and out there. And then one thing I found out too is with, with Zoom, you can actually, if I were to make you, Mike, a co-host, you can actually record the podcast too. So this way, instead of instead of me trying to send you all the material, I can just send, you can just hit record at the same time. We record everything and you have a copy of it. I have a copy of it. We're good to go. So I didn't, I didn't, I learned that from, um, in God we trust. Now that was a fun podcast. Another Bible study podcast. He's 21. Levi is a great kid. He's got a great head on his shoulder. He's really pushing himself. And we talked, we didn't have, we, he had other plans afterwards. So it's like our, our conversation got cut short. And then I also talked with, um, John, uh, from, uh, let's come on, get to the page here. We are his servants podcast and his is, spot on too he, he they're doing a study as well they do it nightly and it is great they're, they're pretty much started like they start with matthews and now they're up to genesis and uh they it's really pretty well to put together they got good mics to put some thought into it so I, so, so it's kind of fun it was it was nice to they were asked me to be on their podcast kind of like a collaboration i've been on their podcast but they came onto mine just to talk about hunting and stuff and so it was uh it was fun because um john's out of georgia uh, we we are his servants, and then Levi's um, in God we trust is out of Iowa. So it was it was a fun conversation to have on uh, with both those on our podcast. So man, I mean, I'm, I'm 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 pumped about it. Now, do you have any episodes streaming right now that I can grab your YouTube channel and and share it and stuff? I can I can send you our YouTube channel. We have a teaser uh, teaser video that we have up, and then like I said, I'm going to have TJ's episode up here here this week. Um, that's actually going to show TJ missing a giant in the state of maryland and it's 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 going to end with him killing the deer that he shot in in ohio so um it's going to be going to be a nice episode you know the cool thing is about that it's like i don't know if you heard the feedback from like steve runella and randy newberg is like when they do a pop when they do an episode and release it and they and it's and they they don't harvest anything for some of their highest views so you can take him missing that one and turn into a complete episode and then or do both however you see fit and uh, go from there because people like that humility aspect of it, you know, because we've all been there. And it's like it, we all like to seeing something different because it's like every time we go watch a TV show, it's like you see him set, they kill a deer, end of the story. Right, right. Yeah, I, that's that's the big thing with us. Is we, we video everything. I mean, if, if we're leaving the truck and walking through the field, we're, we're videoing it. So I, uh, I'm excited to see what we can put together here this year. I, this spring's going to be a blast. You're knocking the snot out of some long beers but um the the best the best is in front of us i got a good group of guys and uh we're gonna make this thing take off but i you need to uh, send me your address I'm, i'll send you a hat oh excellent yeah it's like i could add you to my wall of hats <laughs> i was telling my wife i, I did I was telling my wife i need to add another wall of hats because i have so many hats there i still have more that i don't, don't even have hung up right now but uh since these now these episodes are on youtube I, I I change out hats every episode, so this hat is sponsored by RPG, and as you can tell, they're 
signs right there behind me. So I, I thought it's like, well, why not do it? It's like, I'm a hat guy. It's like, I like wearing hats and it's like, I like supporting all of the companies I'm part of, you know, it's like, uh, HHA is here. Dangler case is an up and coming one. You have veterinary vibe products. He's, uh, Matt is going to be on next week. We're going to be talking about all of his new broadheads. He's got a cool, a couple of, uh, uh, head choppers that is that is releasing this year that are really unique design. They more aerodynamic, a little bit longer range instead of the normal um, twenty yards with the guillotine. But he, they're coming with some really cool stuff. Had a lot of great feedback from a lot of different pot, uh, from folks that have been using them. So, and he lives there. The their company's based out of Texas, so they could they get to test broadheads year round. So, which is the cool part. Okay, right on. So I'm really excited about him because he's he gets really passionate about it. It's just redneck engineering because he taught himself aerodynamics. He taught him how to build all that stuff. And I thought it's like, that's what I've always find. It's very fascinating. And, and he is a, a chock full of history and knowledge, very well put together. Him and Cindy, his wife, oh, just fantastic couple. Right on. All right, my friend, man, we've hit a lot of cool topics. So it's like, because when this, when this um, Zoom comes out, we'll be on Wednesday too as well. I do, I, I'll release them. The, the audio and the, in the video the same day. So this way, then they're both up there and I'll, and now I'll just tag your, um, uh, your YouTube channel in in the show notes stuff like that, but the YouTube has a really cool way of adding that to it. So so this way you can people can go and subscribe to your thing. It's really it's really neat what YouTube has come up with. I just gotta watch out. I haven't been censored, knocked on wood, but I could be channel banned already. But because it, it's weird. But then again, it's like my podcasts are well, we're already going on an hour twenty. So well, probably an hour ten. Uh, so we have that aspect there. So it's like it's it's something that everybody you have to be motivated to watch. <laughs> hey, I'll promote the heck out of you, brother. Yeah, appreciate it, sir. Well, um, so we we can we they can find you on Instagram and where else can they find you? Uh, my uh my Instagram handle is mrussell1105 and uh the Appalachian Chase Instagram would just be Appalachian Chase. So uh you can more than welcome to shoot me a follow request on both. I'll get you approved and uh come along for the ride. It's gonna be a fun spring we're going to get episodes out pretty quick in the spring and then um we uh we have big plans for 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 next fall and more ways than one we're gonna have i know a couple of us are gonna have some boone and crockett's to hunt so we're gonna have some slammers and uh we're gonna bring it right to your living yeah i'm hoping the buck that i saw this past december will show up again i have i, I don't know yet but we'll we'll find out but i want to uh i want to get in touch with the guy over there and from minnesota and just because if he lives close enough we we it's like um with minnesota wisconsin season is the same length so it's like buying a, a minnesota tag is like 180 bucks so it's like it's not that big a deal so like i'm all down for it man anyways thank you michael for mike for coming on your podcast sharing your story we got to talk about a lot of powerful things today, so thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Take care of yourself. You as well, sir. See you, Jeff.